Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. LiquidChurch.com, living water for a thirsty world. of Kibero Washa. That's in actually northern Ethiopia in the Anhara region. And this is where one of the liquid wells was dug because you guys sacrificed to save lives in Africa. There's a whole generation in this village who's enjoying clean drinking water. It's not just health, it's celebration because it's bringing life a whole generation of villagers. How exciting is that? Oh boy, yeah. Okay. All right, all for Jesus. Now when we celebrate in Africa, it's a different thing here. You got to blow the horn. I'm going to bring a little East Coast flavor here to Ethiopia. Check it. Watch out. Now, this is called, I don't know if you've seen this, this is hammer time. Happiness. Happiness. They're singing happiness because they're so pleased that they now have fresh water in this village. Awesome job, guys. That's Liquid Church sending God's love all the way across the world. Colleen and I had never been to Africa before, so we didn't quite know what to expect. I think a lot of people associate Ethiopia with deserts and famine, but it's actually breathtakingly beautiful. The mountains, the rolling fields, the people themselves, just beautiful. But after flying 22 hours on three different planes, we drove another eight hours over dirt roads. Well, check that, it was just dirt. Arriving in the Apara region, we felt like we'd gone through a time machine, back to the first century. Ethiopia is one of the most beautiful regions of all of Africa, really. I have been absolutely stunned. You can take a look over my shoulder. It's not just the rugged landscape. It's very mountainous. It's absolutely gorgeous. But you can see the people take actually great pride in where they live. These are handmade huts. Actually, they make out of actually uh, wood and straw and thatch as well. And, uh, and the people here are some of the kindest, most generous people. In fact, every time we come to a village, 
feel real bad. They come out with their best. They bring out grain, they bring out roasted corn, they bring out all the trimmings. And that includes some of their homemade bread. This is not ciabatta you buy on the street from a deli. This is homemade here, right, in the village. And uh, they bring out tea. The Ethiopians are very, very big on coffee. In fact, uh, coffee originated in Ethiopia in the southern band. And uh, this is it's called Kafazin. Kafazin? Kafazin. Where we get our coffee from. And, uh, and they take it straight up, no milk, and they are a heavily caffeinated nation. <laughs> thank you. I'm going to say Ganala. That's how you say thank you in Ethiopian. Don't let the coffee fool you. It's a primitive culture in the Amhara region. Villagers live in huts made of mud and straw. There's no electricity, no toilets, and no running water. Most of the people are farmers and shepherds. And by age four, young children are out in the fields, keeping watch over their families' flocks, sheep, goats, children. They all roam the countryside together unattended. At nightfall, they return to their huts, where kids and animals sleep together. When we took photographs of the people and showed them their picture, many didn't even recognize their own face. They'd never seen their reflection before. Yet in spite of it all, these were some of the most joyful people we've ever met. They laugh easily. Their children love to play. I mean, a continent away from our consumer culture back in the States, they don't struggle with materialism or upward mobility. In fact, although they're among the poorest of the poor, they exude a surprising sense of contentment. Simple stuff like lollipops and bubbles brought them great joy. Colleen broke out a bag of blow pops and you'd thought she was giving out free gold. As we spent time with our new friends, our prayers changed. When we left our kids home in New Jersey, our prayer was really simple. God, keep us safe. But now, spending time with God's kids in Ethiopia, our prayers changed. Together, Colleen and I began praying a very simple but dangerous prayer. God, break our heart with what breaks yours. That prayer would be answered quickly when we saw what they drink. So this is a traditional water source in this Ethiopian village. And it's pretty amazing. If you take a look at this, this is actually the runoff from the mountain. But it's filled with algae and contamination. In fact, this is where most of the cows and the livestock actually graze in. In fact, often go to the bathroom. So a lot of this water is mixed with cow or horse urine and other contaminants. And when they draw their water from it, they just put it in yellow jerry cans and drink it straight off. The result is tremendous stomach cramps, uh, parasites. It's devastating. That's why clean water changes everything. So at a traditional water source like this, a lot of times the women will use their skirt and actually use that to filter out the water and the leeches. There's a lot of leeches in here, but even some of the small leeches can make it through. You know, in New Jersey, we want water. You walk into the other room, you turn on the faucet, and it comes right out of the tap, and it's chlorinated and it's clean. Not to put too fine a point on it, but can you imagine drinking this every day? It's crazy to think it, but more than one billion people don't have access to clean, safe drinking water. That's one in six of us. Like most tragedies, it's the kids who suffer most. 
Waterborne disease is the number one cause of death globally for children under the age of five. In fact, half of the world's hospital beds are filled with people suffering from diseases related to unclean water. They may have fancy sounding names like schistosomiasis, but that's fancy medical language for the everyday scourge of worms, which infect many families in sub-Saharan Africa. My friend Scott photographed the boy in this photo drawing water from this muddy puddle in his village. Look at his feet, you notice them? They're pretty swollen. That's because they're infected with worms. It's not only excruciating to walk, but left untreated, those worms will migrate to the rest of his body and eventually shut down his heart. All because of unclean water. The solution, it turns out, has nothing to do with medicine or government strategies. The solution has to do with love, a willingness to get dirty and be part of the solution. That's why our church, Liquid Church, is committed to bringing clean, safe water to our brothers and sisters in Ethiopia. Hey guys, I'm here today in northern Ethiopia in the Amhara region in a village called Alela. And we have just brought spring, clean spring water here. It's actually been here forever, but this was once a muddy kind of like swamp where actually the livestock and the people would get the same from the same water source and you'd have cross-contamination. But now you'll see it's concrete, which you think not much better, but it's a big deal because this now is actually where they capture the runoff from the mountain. And if you take a look here, it actually gathers it and sends it through a pipe to a tap station right here over my right shoulder. That's what everybody is celebrating because when clean water comes to a village, it changes everything. Come on, check this out. You're going to be amazed. So this is actually the tap station where actually all the water is collected and then the villagers are able to come and for the first time in a generation, clean water. You can drink this baby straight out of the mountain spring that it's in and now it'll be protected for hopefully 20 or 30 years before we have to revisit the project. But this is literally bringing living water to a thirsty generation on the other side of the world. Thanks, you guys, for all your help. Awesome. Now, here's the cool thing about the culture of Ethiopia. This is a culture that loves to celebrate. And one of the things is when we bring clean water to a village, it's party time. Most of the people in northern Amhara are Orthodox Christian. So it was an honor to share with our brothers and sisters in Christ's name. Uh, Jesus says when we serve each other, it's like serving him. So it is truly a blessing to bring clean water to your village. <laughs> so thank you for having us. We call you our brothers and sisters in Christ. And it is just an honor. And we love you guys. And just thank you so much for the privilege of spending this time in your village and having us here. Thank you for the hospitality. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. The impact of clean water can't be understated. Not only does it eliminate disease, but it changes the entire social order. In one village, there was an entire group of young girls who were now able to attend school each day because they had a well. Previously, the girls had to walk four to six hours a day to fetch water from a nearby muddy spring. But now that a well was in their village, they didn't have to carry those jerry cans back and forth and were able to go to school. That's how poverty works. Disease, lack of education, it's all connected. But clean water is part of the solution. That's why our church keeps it simple. Jesus said, 
If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. At some of the villages, we were able to share pictures drawn by liquid kids. The children were so grateful. They don't have crayons and the art and water together. That was a treasured gift. With each village we visited, the impact of a hand-dug liquid well was transformational. I mean, many times we couldn't even get in to see the well without first sharing in a celebration dance with the community. The folks here are singing honey water. They're that excited about it. Sweet water. This is sweet to their village. This is the village of Tej Wuha. And you can hear they're blowing the trumpet. <laughs> Water literally changes everything. It's an extravagance to them, but a pittance to us. Each well costs on average about $5,000, that's it. But it provides water for a village of 400 for 20 years. Some wells are drilled with a rig, but many of them are dug the old fashioned way, by hand. It's not rocket science, but it is hard work. About 20 of the liquid church wells are hand dug wells, and as you can see, it is literally done by hand. These guys are kind of lowering the bucket. Can I help with lowering it? Yes? Okay. We're actually lowering it into the hole, and this is amazing. Take a look right now down in here. You're going to see two village workers who are actually hand digging this well. I'm going to lower the bucket down here, and what they're doing is they're filling it up with the various clay and mud striations. And the coolest thing is you've got to see the colors of the clay that comes up. There are three different colors. It's kind of amber and and, uh, tan, and then it turns rose, and then it turns actually your traditional kind of brown dirt. And then you can see this clay, this is amazing. It actually looks like rock. Look at the different striations in it. You've got kind of an amber band, then you have kind of a white band, and it's really cakey. Oh, I don't want to do that. Sorry, I don't want to drop that down there. And uh, a stronger man could probably pull it apart, but I'm going to leave it in the bucket for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Most hand-dug wells go down about 60 feet deep. Once they hit water, they bring in concrete rings to protect the walls from caving in. I'm standing here next to a hole in the ground in Gabayer Ber, which is a village in the Amhara region of northern Ethiopia. Take a look. It's not just any hole in the ground. This one goes about 40 feet deep. And this is the beginning of one of our liquid church wells. In fact, it's more than the beginning because it's 40 feet deep. They have about 20 more feet to go. And if you listen, you can hear an echo. Hear it? Liquid. And the cool thing is this, in about one week's time, this will be completed. Take a look to my left here, and you're going to see these cylinders. These are concrete cylinders. They're poured, they're about 600 pounds each, and there are 28 of them. What's going to happen is the villagers are actually going to come together in order, one of the partners who we work with. They're going to begin lowering those cylinders in there as casings for the wall. It's a way to protect it from crumbling and keep it safe. And then they'll pour a concrete barrier on it and actually put in a hand-pumped well which is pretty exciting. So in other words, guys, in seven days, all of these guys are going to have clean water because of you. Are you guys excited about it? Yeah. Ah, Once those are in, that's where our money comes in. We help fund everything from the concrete to the pump itself and everything so that an entire village of 400 can have clean water for 20 years. Building a complete hand-dug well takes about a month from start to finish. Our partners on the ground survey the land, choose the best location in terms of aquifers and walking distance, and then the locals provide the sweat equity. 
neat thing is that whenever a well gets built in the village, the whole community comes together. These folks are from the community, and they put a lot of sweat and tears into uh, actually finishing the well. They're mixing concrete right now, rock, stone, concrete, and they're going to set that on the well, and that's going to cure over the next week, and then they will have clean water. So it's a neat thing to actually see the village take ownership and responsibility. We may provide the funding, but they provide the sweat and the muscle, that's for sure. You may be wondering why we're pumping out water, but this is actually dirty water. The well that they're just drilling right now fills up with water that's coming up, but it's not chlorinated yet, so they're going to pump it out. And that way, when they got clean water, it's going to fill it. And the next day, they'll chlorinate it first before anyone has a chance to drink it. Now, this well is about a day away from completion, so this is kind of a cool time to come. But actually, some of the village laborers, they're laying the foundation here with their homemade concrete. And the neat thing is, is this will take about a, a day, actually, to, uh, to settle in. So the pump will be completed in just one day, 24 hours. But then the cement needs about seven days to cure. So in just one week, the entire village will actually have fresh water from this pump. One of the final liquid wells we saw was so remote, <laughs> hey. we had to hike across a mountain to reach it. We're coming to see the liquid well in the village of Gecha, as in, get your water here. <laughs> After you? Hello. This is the village of Gecha, and this is a brand new hand dug well funded by Liquid Church, bringing God's living water to a thirsty world. This is now clean water, potable for drinking. <laughs> Look muddy on my hands. My hands are very dirty. Midway through our trip, we realized this is the start of something big, something God-sized. I mean, you don't even have to be a Christian to understand the impact. I mean, what part of your theology doesn't agree with clean water for everyone? They say when a human heart is healthy, fully alive and beating, it makes the sound lub-dub, lub-dub, lub-dub. I want the heart of our church to beat that way, not to our own rhythm, but to echo the very heartbeat of God himself, beating with love and concern and compassion for those who have the least in this world. Our brothers, our sisters, half a world away, can you hear God's heart for them? Love dub, love dub, love dub. We're in the Amhara region with some of our brothers and sisters in Christ here at a village called Kedoba Washa. And uh, I think I got that right, you guys, yes? Kedoba Washa? Yes, okay, awesome. Hey, what I wanted to share with you guys is just the incredible difference that your love is making literally a world away. We're bringing the love of Christ, the living water, to a thirsty world, to an entirely new continent, really, in our church's history. And it is a privilege to be with our brothers and sisters here. What I want to do is just take a look at a quick passage today. The story of God spans all the way from New Jersey to northern Ethiopia. Imagine that. So if you want to take out your Bibles real quick and turn to Isaiah chapter 58. We're going to look at an interesting passage today. Go ahead and turn to it. It's on page 5. 518. We'll wait for you. Isaiah 58, actually the heading here says true fasting. Now in the Old Testament, when God's people tithed, a lot of it went to partying. I'm dead serious. They would bring out their best food. And as you can see right here in northern Ethiopia, that includes a number of grains. This is roasted corn. Is that right? Got that right? This is potatoes. Churro is something they eat actually during the fasting season, but they would bring out their best 
and really party. And it was a celebration. It was a celebration that God gave to them. And so they wanted to give back part of it and really celebrate and say everything we have is literally from the hands of God. Right now here in Ethiopia, they're in the middle of a fasting season, actually, because it's leading up to Easter. And it, what that means is that they are fasting from some of the normal things they'll eat. So some, they will only eat churro, which are kind of like these basically pancakes uh, to us. Uh, and they will have water as well. But what we're going to do is take a look here at true fasting because uh, that's a lot of times actually misunderstood. And this is a, from the prophet Isaiah. Look at, look at verse 5 of Isaiah 58. It says this. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? It says in this, verse 5, is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord. Basically, God's people in the Old Testament, they were fasting. They thought, oh, we're really spiritual. We must be close to God's heart. Love dub. And God was like, not really. You guys are just going through the motions, but you miss the heart of what I'm asking you to do. He says this in verse 6. He says, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is this not it? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter and when you see the naked to actually clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? God says, you know what? You go through all your prayers, all your fasting, and it means nothing to me if your heart doesn't beat with compassion. Love dub is your heart be like mine. Love dub, love dub, a continent away. Do you see the world as your brothers and your sisters? In other words, God wants our fasting, our sacrifice to be much more than just about like our private little spiritual growth. What he wants is it to result in bold acts of charity, of justice, social justice, and generosity. And he says, when you provide water to people who are thirsty, when you provide food to people who are hungry, you are beating love dub hub dub after my heart. These are our brothers. These are our sisters. Now watch this. Isaiah 58, he makes a promise. He says, verse 8, he says, what happens when we take up the cause of God? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. In other words, God says, when you watch out for them, I got your back. It's kind of weird because right now in America, we're going through this economic downturn. I'm not sure how the economy is affecting you here. Probably not a ton. What it means is in America, the first thing to go oftentimes in a downturn is our compassion, our heart for the poorest, the least of these. We don't consider them brothers and sisters and they just kind of get out of our mind. But God says this, you know what? When you look out for them in this mysterious way, your recovery is tied to your compassion. Because when you are first about and prioritize the things, the people who are closest to my heart, then you are closest to mine. And what God does is he says, your light will break forth through a very dark time and your gloom will come forth and your healing. It literally says in the the Hebrew, your recovery will appear. Are you hearing that? That our economic recovery is related to how generous we are to those who are on the fringe. Take a look here. I'm going to finish up Isaiah 58, verse 9. This is, by the way, where most people in our church, guys, they check out. They just kind of tune me out at this point. But listen up. Verse 9, it says this. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. God says, I hear your prayers, actually, when you love others. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, the pointing finger, malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry 
and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. In other words, he says, in a very dark world where all hope seems lost, your love will break through. It will shine like the dawn. And then he finishes this. Look at this, verse 11. The Lord will guide you always. This is an incredible promise. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and he will strengthen your frame. And you will be like a well-watered garden, like a what? A spring whose waters never fail. An incredible way, God says when we fast, when we sacrifice in his heart, in his name, he will strengthen our frame, our healing, our spiritual recovery will come because we are about the things that are about God's kingdom, not just building our own. So here's a challenge, guys. I want you to reach under your seat and pull out this bottle. You'll see it says love across there. Pull it out. Go ahead. We'll wait for you. Now, how many of you have already pulled it out and you already drank it? Pull it out. Pop the top and drink hearty. This actually water, if you'll notice on the side here, it says more than 4,500 children died today from unsafe water and a lack of basic sanitation facilities. That is mind-boggling. That trips my mind. I don't get that. 4,500, that is an abstraction. To put this in perspective, that is literally 10 jumbo jets every day. There's a tsunami going on worldwide in the water crisis, and literally, it's not even on our radar. It is on God's radar, and it was last summer on your radar. Together, we gave over $100,000, and we were able to drill over 20 wells across Africa, 10 of them right here in Ethiopia, providing clean water. That's water that's not contaminated. 80% of all, water of all disease is waterborne, and so it's a very big deal to bring clean water. My question is this. What if we were to fast, I mean a real fast, the kind of Isaiah 58 fast that God talks about on behalf of our brothers and sisters here in Ethiopia? What if we were willing to give up everything that we drink, our, not our water, but our liquids, our coffee. Think about what you spend on coffee every day. Tea, Coca-Cola, soda, wine, whatever it is you drink, Red Bull. Whatever you drink, would you be willing to give it up for three weeks and take what I'm declaring the liquid challenge? We're declaring a fast in our church for three weeks this spring. If you flip over this blue little uh, piece of paper, it says drink water, save lives. And here's what it says. This spring, take the liquid church challenge. For three weeks, make water your only beverage and put the money you'd normally spend on coffee, sodas, juices, sports drinks in this empty bottle. And at the end of three weeks, we're going to put all our money together and see what we can do even more for our brothers and sisters here in Africa. We have now dug about 20 wells all across Africa, 10 right here in Ethiopia. And it's our privilege to do that because you see it changes the lives of an entire generation. I mean, it makes all the difference in the world. You are literally saving lives in the name of God, in the love of Christ. So would you be willing to do this? What could our church do this time? I mean, last summer it was $100,000 that you sacrificed and gave on behalf of the needs of the poor, our brothers and sisters. My question would be, what could we do? What could God do through us this spring if we declared a true fast? In Isaiah 58 fast and said, you know what? In a dark time, we're not gonna think of ourselves. We're not gonna be selfish. We're gonna be about building God's kingdom across the world and taking his love and letting it flow. What do you say? Would you be willing right now to drink the rest of this water? Go ahead, drink it. In this church service, take the bottle home and literally fill it. So if you normally spend $5 on a macchiato at Starbucks, caramel macchiato, please, you actually don't do that for three weeks and you put the $5 bill in here. If you're going out to dinner and you get a nice bottle of Shiraz and Australian wine and it's usually 65 bucks, uh, we'll just drink water and you put that money in here. 
together, we're going to gather that together and we're going to see what God can do and multiply it because that's his heart. Love dub, love dub. Is that your heart? I hope that's the heart of our church. I want to thank you guys for everything that you have sacrificed so far, but there's so much more to be done. We love you guys. Can we love you guys in Christ? <laughs> high five. We go like this. We go like this. We go high five. Boom. All right? High five. High five. High five. High five. <laughs> this is amazing. You guys got to check this out. This is a village across the way, actually, from the hill. Take a look. They're putting a ladder down right now. They actually saw the hand dug well at the previous village, and they took the initiative and said, we're going to dig our own. <laughs> the villagers, literally, some of the men, these are all volunteers, began pickaxing right here, and they've dug down about probably 20 feet right now. Now, the amazing thing is they've done this totally on their own initiative because they were inspired by seeing the well that we funded on the other side of the hill. That's incredible. What we're hoping to do, and I, I'm just moved by this, you can take a look even at the equipment they're using. They don't have any funds for it. What we can do is we can provide the liners, the concrete liners. We can provide the pump and the wellhead and finish this off for them. It's an incredible way to partner with people who have incredible initiative, a work ethic, and ownership over their own clean water. But then we just get to do the easy part. We get to provide out of our abundance what God gives us. Take a look at this. This actually, they don't even have money for a bucket. And so they actually use hand-stitched buckets to remove the earth. They actually pull up the soil and empty it out hand by hand with their homemade ladder. You guys are incredible. Can we hear for these guys? You guys are awesome. Liquid Church, let's finish their well. That's the story of God. It started in the first century and continues today, literally a continent away, all the way across the world. And my question is, will you be part of it? Can we be part of it together? I want to pray for all these guys, and I want to pray for our church together because it, we are the kingdom of God, and we are the family of God. So let's pray. We're going to pray, guys, all right? Yeah. Pray? Yeah. All right, here we go. Father, thank you for our brothers and sisters here in the Amhara region, and I thank you for your heart, Father. We thank you that you loved us through Jesus Christ. You sacrificed your firstborn son so that we could be forgiven our sins, we could be washed clean with living water, and you would give us your spirit, and now your love could flow out through us to an entire generation of a thirsty world. Father, I pray for our brothers and sisters. Would you bring them not only clean water, Lord, but good health, Lord, especially through the spring. And Lord, would you begin literally breaking our heart for the things that break your heart. We love you, Jesus. We do this in your name. It's not about us. It's not about our church. It's not about anything else except the name of Jesus Christ. And we're lifting it up here in New Jersey. We're lifting it up in Ethiopia. And we're saying all glory and honor to you, God. We love you and we sacrifice these things for you in the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said together, amen. amen. God bless you guys. Can we say goodbye to everyone in New Jersey? Bye-bye, guys. <laughs> Good to be with you.